The future of your child's education is in your hands. This podcast will provide you with the best parenting tips so your child can achieve the very best, including advice from leading educators and information on how to use the latest learning technology. This podcast is brought to you by CygleEd. The CygleEd app opens up the very best teaching to millions of students. And now over to your host, Melanie Graves. Hi everyone, my name is Melanie Grace and welcome to the Future of Education podcast. So I'm joined today with Simone Canigo, um, who is a keynote speaker and the best-selling author of The Extraordinary Unordinary You. Uh, so it's a pleasure to have you here, Simone. How are you? I'm great. Thanks so much for having me here today. I'm excited to be here. It's a pleasure. It's lovely to actually be able to connect with people overseas and um, you know, make things work during this difficult time. <laughs> Yeah, it's, uh, it's really the point of human connection for us right now. It's the, these, this, is, this is our face-to-face, so I'm thankful that we have this, and it's a great way to meet new people. I've really enjoyed it, so, you know. <laughs> I definitely agree with that. So um, I've got a few questions uh, for you today, Simone, because you've got you know, a really interesting um, past, and some of the things that you've done are, are fantastic. So you've achieved so much, including managing successful companies, raising three children, adopting three children, uh, and climbing Mount Kilimanjaro. So what has been your greatest achievement to date? And just tell us a bit more about your past. So I would say my greatest achievement uh, is my family. I, I have six children. We adopted our youngest three. We have two children from Ethiopia. We have a son from South Korea. And living our living our lives in in chaos sometimes organized chaos but it's really been an amazing experience and a, you know it's just a life life lessons every day my past i i've done a lot of different things in my life i've i started off in public accounting i'm a certified public accountant i have a masters degree from the university of florida and i changed my mind many times of where i wanted to be where i thought i should be and i realized over time that this is exactly where i'm supposed to be that this is what i love i love talking to people sharing my stories and you know, writing a book was the natural progression of doing all of that. So that's fantastic. And it's nice. I was looking on, obviously, before our podcast on your site, what you've achieved. And it's great how everything does connect at the end of the day, isn't it? Whether it's through study or through family, um, it's or through the achievements like Mount Kilimanjaro. That's amazing. Um, how, you know, you can take lessons from all different elements of life. Yeah, everything we do is it's part of our journey. So the, the difficult moments, like right now, um, really big part of how I've changed a lot of things. The way I look at things changed so much during this time period. What I thought was important uh, versus what I really know is important now, that changed drastically. Uh, and so I look at all of these experiences as just part of my journey that brought me to this moment in time. And so those hard moments, those crazy moments are all part of it. And now I realize looking back that instead of fighting against everything, it should be really enjoying, enjoying and learning from the really hard things. So 
I agree. I think throughout this time, especially COVID, we've all got to really see, you know, what's important and what matters most. It's been, you know, a real lesson for a lot of us. And some, and I think for some people, definitely one that was needed because you get so caught up in work and being so busy, don't you? It's just mad. <laughs> yeah, I, I really, I looked at it as, trust me, it's been really difficult and so much sickness, loss of life. So really kind of focusing on that, but also, you know, realizing that all of these things that I thought I needed or needed to be doing, you know, family is really the most important thing, making sure we're together and healthy and caring for one another and caring for our friends. I mean, that's all part of it as well. Um, But that was a, not that I didn't think about it like that before, but being able to have all of the kids home when school shut down you know, yes, crazy, but also really special. The age range of kids that we have, you know, I, I called it our pause, that we had a pause where we got to, you know, learn each other, learn about each other again, really connect again. And it was special for us. Amazing. So um, obviously you have a, an amazing, great, big family. So how do you manage your time and get everything done with six kids? That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I, it, it depends on the day. I, the things that used to bother me, uh, like, oh, I didn't finish everything on my list. The list will be there tomorrow. I really focus on getting the things done that need to get done right away. And obviously the stuff for in school and you know, making sure everybody's fed, all those important things, those are, those are really the focus and that everybody's healthy. But there's so many things that I, I used to make into a big deal that I don't anymore because I've realized that it's you know they're going to get done eventually and not to not to stress about all of those all of those things and yeah some days it just it doesn't get done and 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 that's okay too because there's always tomorrow to do, to work on the things i didn't get done today <laughs> Yeah, certainly. I definitely think that when someone's entering that journey, you know, it can be very stressful and you can feel so overwhelmed with a lot that's going on. And especially now, you know, even the homeschool inside in the UK, that's been a really big thing that a lot of parents have been, you know, kind of chucked into. And how's it been in Florida? How with the, obviously, the children at school or how's it been? So we started the beginning of the year at at home. Um, and so it's actually kind of funny because I, after we had six kids, I actually went back to school to be a teacher and got my teaching certificate. And I started teaching, uh, but I only taught for three years because I ended up with six children. Uh, babysitting is very expensive. Childcare is very expensive. And it was, it's a shame to say it was costing me more to uh pay the sitter than I, than I was making in this job. And, and that's something that I think we, we all have kind of seen over this COVID period is how important teachers are and how valuable they are. It's very hard to, to homeschool and it's very hard for our kids. It's not just hard for us. Like they, they don't have that social interaction piece, which is so important for their development. And I see it with my kids that, you know, they, I, they had the option so of going back in person. And so we had a discussion. And of course, my youngest daughter was concerned to go back. And I said, go try it for a day and see how you feel. If you feel comfortable that everybody is kind of maintaining their boundaries and wearing their masks and everything, then 
then give it a shot. And if you don't, that's fine. I, I completely understand. And so she went back for a day and, you know, she had missed her friends. I don't think she realized how much she needed that piece. I think we all realize that now, how much we need that piece. So they, they are back in person and except for our, our son who's 17, he actually had an injury. He was back in person. He had an injury playing basketball, had to have surgery. And so he's been doing his classes from home. And actually it's been a blessing for us because the fact that we had the option of doing one or the other, because if he had to be back in person, it, he wouldn't have been able to, he, he couldn't, you know, he wasn't weight bearing on the leg. It was impossible to get around. So uh, we've been very, very fortunate that we did have the option of keeping him home while the other two went in person. And then our other kids are at university and it's kind of been back and forth. They, they are living at school, but most of their classes most, I think all of their classes, except my daughter has one in person. So everything is, you know, by Zoom and, but they're getting their human connection through, you know, their friends. And it's, it's been very challenging, especially my daughter who is a freshman in college to start your first year with an experience like this. But again, it's making her a stronger person and helping her realize for herself what's important. Definitely. I'm sorry to hear that there's been a, an injury in the family, but at least everyone's in safe hands, especially with you having teacher qualifications as well. It's <laughs> very handy. <laughs> yeah, I, it's it, it's coming to kind of come into good use. Although I think that um, my kids believe their teachers way more than they believe me. Like I'll say something, they're like, I think I'm going to have to check in with my teacher on that. I'm like, seriously? <laughs> but that's what they do. And that's great that they, you know, they have so much uh, belief in in what their teachers are teaching them, so it's great. Great, a challenge is always fun. That's what I say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so, what were some um, heroic stories and hard learned lessons, or extraordinary moments that you had while on your adoption journey? Because it's uh, you know, it was, it sounds amazing from actually you know having your own children and adopting. It's, 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 please tell me more about it. So we had we had three children and we had the conversation. We actually had had the conversation earlier in our marriage that adoption was something that we wanted to think about. And after Olivia was born, the conversation started again and it was kind of the now or never. And we always like the now. So we went with the now and we adopted Noah from South Korea. It's a long process. It's complicated. There's lots of paperwork. And, you know, again, with adoption, the way I, I look at it is that our, our kids really start at a place of loss, right? They've lost everything that they've had. I think before we adopted, I didn't really think about it like that. I, I just thought about it as adoption, but then getting to know their stories and kind of what their birth parents, the decisions their birth parents had to make, or in the case of Ari and Millie, they had birth parents that passed away. And so how hard that is as a child to really basically, you know, Ari was four and a half years old when uh, he came home from Ethiopia. And so four and a half years is, is a long time. It, there's memories, there's feelings, there's emotions. And for him to completely start over at that point. It's not starting over. It's and it's not rebuilding, it's building because 
this is all part of who he is. Um, but I think that was probably the biggest learning experience for us is that really seeing how much our kids had gone through and the, the things that they struggled with at first that I probably never thought about before, even just sleep. I mean, sleeping has always been an issue with kids, but, um, you know, when we brought Millie home, I was talking to her about this the other day, her progression of sleeping. So when she first came home, she was two and a half years old and she's also from Ethiopia. And what the beginning was, she would sleep on top of me. Like she literally, if I would be away from her for two seconds, she would be crying. It was, it was, it was so hard for her. And then then she would sleep next to me in the bed. And then we put a play playpen in the room and she would sleep in the playpen. And then we moved the playpen up to her sister's room. <laughs> and then from there, we moved her into her, her own room. I mean, it took a good year and a half, two years to get to that point, but it was all about the, the patience part. And I would say looking from the outside in, I think people sometimes look at it as, you know, oh, this is, this is amazing. This is, and it is amazing. But understanding that these kids have gone through so much before they came to our family. And, you know, so I, I always look at it like in, in that perspective of, of how much they had to go through and, and that there's sadness there and there's loss. And it's important for me to, to recognize those pieces. It's incredible. Yeah. I think that, like you say, there's everyone's got different stories and the fact that you've had, you know, a major part in um, bringing them up and making everything, you know, so lovely for them. It's, um, you know, it's a really, you know, beautiful thing. Um, I'd love to know with, with the educational side of having such a big family, how did you find that as from them starting from, you know, babies to growing to teens and now they're at uni, how's that journey been? It must've been very hectic. Yeah, it was always hectic. And, you know, each kid is different. It's also part of it too. When we, um, even going back to, I'll start with just this moment in time that when the kids started, well, actually last year when school shut down and they had to come, they had to go virtual starting in March of 2020. It's hard to remember what day it is <laughs> um, that you know, they all came, they all had to come home and go completely virtual and kind of balancing all those pieces. Now, Ari has dyslexia. So that was, that was tough for him at first to not have, not be able to see everything that was happening. He's very much a visual learner. So, you know, watching something over a screen is way different than watching the teacher in front of him in the classroom at the board. And Noah is on the autism spectrum and he he is very smart and he also gets distracted very easily so the computer for him is like wait the teacher's teaching and let me see what website i can go on at the same time um, so those those were definitely big challenges for us that we had to constantly be monitoring and making sure that they they were actually learning um, but from day one, I mean, school in general, school has always been very important to us. Um, you know, they all went to preschool and, you know, that social interaction piece in preschool, I think, was was so important. And there were years where we were at three different schools and, you know, it's complicated. It's getting point A to point B and not forgetting everything that we're supposed to be bringing with us. Um, but in the end, I really think that 
it kind of just all, it, it all happened. It all went, it all moved forward. And yes, did I make many mistakes? Absolutely. That's what, you know, that, that's what happens in life. And, but they've done really well. And, you know, it's, it's been, it's been fun. It's been uh, chaos and I can't imagine it any other way. That's great. So um, as well, would you being a qualified teacher, what skills would you say that you learned when you were studying, getting that qualification that have been useful throughout your journey at home? Is there anything that's really, you know, helped you with the kids learning or helped you? You know, I know there's so many parents at the moment struggling, not so much now because with the UK kids are finally back to school. Um, but is there anything that's, you know, made a big difference at home for you? Yeah, I think, you know, going through my my courses and, you know, when I went to school, it was, you learned it this way. Like, this is how you learned multiplication. This is how you learn division. Um, and now, obviously, teaching has evolved, understanding that each child is is different. And obviously, we have children that are visual learners or auditory learners. So that was probably one of the biggest pieces that I took with me from you know, from my, my, my schooling. But what's interesting is that I'm sure I probably deep down knew that we all learn differently, but it wasn't really talked about when I was a kid. It was kind of like, this is what you do. This is how you study. You memorize, you spit out the facts. And obviously over time, we've realized that, you know, we need to do, we need more critical thinking. And so that had, that's been really helpful for me again, because we have kids that learn each of our kids is a completely different kind of learner and kind of being an advocate for them at school, at home, you know, making sure and making sure they're self-advocating. To me, that's the most important thing. Like for Ari with his dyslexia, there's, there's, you know, we've, we've had to, he listens to his books, you know, and he can, you know, he can totally take all of that in. But when he, you know, where he struggles is, for example, like a word problem in math. He sees, you know, if he misses one word, if he misses the word twice, you know, if they're doing, you know, the perimeter and they went twice around, if he misses the word twice, the whole problem is wrong. So being able to go up to his teachers and say, can you help me read, you know, this problem? Um, because I don't, I understand the math. I just sometimes can't get all the words. And I think it's always important for us to remember that each of our kids learn differently. And so what have been, uh, the biggest parenting lessons that you've learned during COVID-19? I know we keep going back to COVID and learning, but yeah. it's just been, it's just odd, hasn't it? I think that everyone's always been so close with their families, their children, but it's, um, you learn so much more about everyone when you're around them 24 seven, don't you? <laughs> Yeah, um, definitely. I, I learned so many things. I, you know, again, all the kids home from university. So we were back to, I went from being a 50% empty nester to full house again and having, you know, our oldest son who is going to be 26 come home. He, he would have never been home, but he had to move out. And, um, and actually when he left, we didn't realize like he, he left pretty quickly and he left all of his belongings at school. We didn't, obviously we didn't understand the extent of it at the time. So him coming home and, and then saying, well, I really didn't bring much with me and he didn't get it for like six months. You know, he had all his stuff there for six months. Um, you know, really being able to spend time with them again, going back to the things that were, I don't think we realized how important things were versus, you know, just going through our days, kind of going through the motions of our days. You know, we wake up, we have our coffee, we take the kids to school, we bring them home. And 
that changed drastically. And as the idea of patience, like I always, you know, for many years I was like, okay, I am patient. Then we had Noah and learning to work with Noah, I learned a whole new level of patience. And then over this, this pause, I, again, the whole patience level and learning from my kids what they, what they really needed because again, they're, we're, it's not just us going through this experience. They're, they're struggling too. They're, they're stuck in the house with us <laughs> and seeing what they really needed and things that I was, you know, I'd be like, okay, let's, let's get dressed. Okay. Why? Like, we're not going anywhere. Um, I think that maybe, maybe that was one of the biggest things is that the things that I used to make a big deal about, they're not such a big deal. So good to know. Um, so one of your biggest achievements has been um, climbing Mount Kilimanjaro. Can you just tell me a bit more about that? How did that come around? How did you get involved with that? So that was a one of those things that kind of just, um, I'd say it fell in my lap. <laughs> but my a friend of ours had climbed it the year before with a local organization, um, an organization in the United States called the Livestrong Foundation and raising money and awareness for cancer. And so he had climbed it. He asked my husband, are you interested? And of course, it's all about perspective. I, the way I remember him saying no was one, two, three, no, thank you. Call Simone. And so they did. They called me and I said, absolutely. And was it a bucket list item before? No. Was it something I had ever thought about? No. Uh, and had I climbed anything? No. <laughs> But I really saw it as a challenge, mental, physical, and also being able to do something special with, you know, for an organization that, that cares for people. And to me, that really kind of sealed the deal. And I went with 16, there were 16 of us. I didn't know anybody and made lifelong friends and had an amazing experience. Some of the people on the trip were cancer survivors, are cancer survivors. And we were either climbing in honor of somebody or ourselves. Um, and it was, it was really special and powerful. And, um, and we all made it. We all made it to the top. And it was really an emotional moment to, and to have teammates like that, that you couldn't fail. Like you were, you were going to make it to the top because everybody was so inspiring and so inspired. That's brilliant. Did you do much training beforehand? How, mm -hmm. how was it? Yeah, I'm not exactly a climber. Um, <laughs> I trained for six months and because that's when I committed to do it. It was six months before we went. And once I committed, I was in the gym every day, uh, working out, Again, I live at sea level, so there isn't much in terms of – there's no mountains. There's a couple of hills. <laughs> That's about it. So not a lot of opportunity for uh, training outdoors, but I, you know, I really worked out hard in the gym every day, and I wore this elevation training mask. It's basically a mask that like it, it has these little valves on the side that you can adjust the – it's not the oxygen, but the air that you can pull into your lungs so that you're, um, you know, you're building your lung capacity. And I think it really helped actually. I 
uh, it doesn't help with the, you need that chemical change when you're at elevation, but it helps really build my lung capacity. And I was in really great shape when I got there. And I really, there wasn't a moment where I felt like, wow, I can't do this. It was, this is really hard. There are, you know, there's so many hard parts about it, but I never felt like, oh, I'm giving up. It was, there was not, there was not even that thought that I wouldn't let it creep into my head. Fantastic. It was a really big achievement. Well done for that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. It was, it was fun. It was crazy. And, um, you know, I look back and I'm, I'm thankful to have had that experience. It's really good. Um, so you say change the, uh, change the way you see yourself and the world around you will change. So what do you mean by this? And is this something that you've, you discuss regularly with your family? So I discuss it with everyone. Uh, <laughs> you know, I think that we, for so long, I really focused on, I struggled with, with figuring out who I was. I tried many things in my life. I, you know, I did the comparison game that, you know, well, why, why can't I do that? Or why is she so successful or all of these different things that, um, and thinking, well, that could never be me. I could, you know, I could never do that. And, you know, I had a moment in time where I was sitting at this event, listening to these amazing women uh, speak. They were motivational speakers. They were talking about their lives and, you know, they were, they were amazing. They had accomplished so many things. And I actually had a moment where I kind of felt a little bit bad about myself because I'm like, well, that will never be me. And that was kind of the moment where I said to myself, and that's the whole point. Like, you're not supposed to be them. You're supposed to be you. Look at the things that you're doing already. Look at, you know, the way you're inspiring other people. The little things you do every day truly have a positive impact on the people around you. And it was kind of that moment in time where I said, you know, you got to stop looking at yourself like this. You you know, this is who you are. Be proud of who you are. Believe in yourself. And for me, that really kind of opened up the world in terms of, you know, not worrying about what anybody else thought. And half the time, they're not really thinking about me. <laughs> um, but really, you know, believing in myself, saying like, hey, these are the, you know, these are the things that you're doing that make the world a better place and focus on that. And so that's kind of how I've moved forward. And it's really, it's really changed how I do things. And it's changed my kids, especially my older kids, when we have conversations about when they're trying to be too hard on themselves, which again, it, that never helps with anything. It just makes you procrastinate more. Um, and I'll be like, you know, again, you have to look at yourself and believe in yourself because you are an amazing human. We are all unique. We are all unordinary and we all have extraordinary pieces within us. We just have to realize it. That's brilliant. I guess that really connects with your book. So the, uh, extraordinary unordinary you, which, um, sounds fantastic. So, um, when did you decide to write your book and what, what's it about? So I decided to write it. I guess it's been about two years ago. It came out last October, um, October of 2020. And it's funny because when I, I was doing some public speaking and people would ask me, do you have a book? And I would say, no, I don't, I don't have a book. I'm not a writer. And they're like, well, you should write a book. And again, I was limiting myself saying I'm not a writer. Well, okay. Like I'm not a writer, but you know, I, I, I can write and I have great stories. And so that's when I sat down and said to myself, like, put these, you love telling your stories, put these stories 
in a book. And so I did. I said to my husband, I'm going to write a book. And he's like, okay, you're not a writer. <laughs> and I said, I know. Um, and then he said, I can't wait to read it. He's always been super supportive. Um, and my kids do there, except for, except for one. I can tell that story in a minute. She was like, don't put me in the book. But the book is about, it's about our experiences. It's, it's really about the underlying theme of we don't need to change who we are. We need to change the way we see ourselves and realizing that the things that we're doing every day are powerful and that we are changing our little corner of our world by, you know, coming through with positivity and, you know, things that I've realized over time that how important it is to say hello to people, to ask people how they're doing, do a check-in. You have no idea if, especially during this time, if they've had any connection with anybody else. And, you know, I, I could get angry about so many things, but to me, it's just not, you know, it's, it's not worth it. It's like really kind of coming through with the things that I know now are important, which is kindness, empathy, and communication. Um, but yeah, when I started writing and my youngest daughter said, can you just leave me out of the book? And I was like, oh, yes, let me write about my five favorite children and leave you out of the book. <laughs> and she's like, well, I can tell you, know, she's 13. She's like, I can tell you I'm not going to like it. I was like, okay, I'll keep that in mind. And we actually, and I actually didn't let anybody uh, read it until um, I was completely done. My husband didn't read it until it was like literally in a, in the book wow. and because they're my stories, right? Like I, I want it to be my, my perspective. Um, my daughter who is, uh, the freshman in college, she helped me a, a bit because she's really great with word choice. So I'd be like, I don't like this. Can you help me figure out a better word? And so she, she helped me quite a bit with those, those choices. And yeah, so I, um, you know, when we got the books in, you know, we got a few books to the house. I saw my daughter, my youngest daughter, um, one was sitting on the counter. She went and put it under her sweatshirt and walked up the stairs. And I was like, oh my gosh, Rob, she took one of the books. <laughs> and uh, she actually FaceTimed me about an hour later with tears streaming down her face saying, I, I had no idea that, you know, some of the stories from the book. I had no idea about this story. I had no idea about that story. And um, I have to tell you, mom, I really thought I was going to hate the book, but I love it. I, I can't believe how good it is. And that was the only review I needed. Like for her to say that, like that was, that was so special. And, you know, again, I, I'm sharing their stories from my perspective I'm not sharing all of their stories. I mean, it's still, you know, some of their stories are their stories to share later in life. But, you know, really what I went through with them and the good, the bad, the ugly, the sad, all of it, not just the shining moments because, you know, we're human. We have very tough moments. It's those connection pieces that I thought were really important to talk about. It's brilliant. I don't suppose there's a short snippet you could share with us. Is that from your book? Just this very small, <laughs> small something. <laughs> Um, I'll tell you my, one of my ridiculous stories. Um, so <laughs> we, uh, it's the backstory is my, my son was away at summer camp. He got bit by a poisonous snake. He had to be life flighted by helicopter to a children's hospital, spent three nights in the ICU, multiple vials of antivenom. 
and I was out of the country. So my husband flew to the camp. He stayed with him. Fortunately, I wasn't able to get the flight that I needed. It was such a long story and such a stressful moment in time. He did okay. And we met back in Florida to when I was able to get a flight and my husband brought him back from the hospital. And because of the swelling, his arm was kind of locked in place. So we had to take him to a physical therapist. And so we go to get in the car and I look back at him. I'm like, you have to, you know, are you buckled? And he's like, yeah, I'm buckled. I'm like, okay, fine. And I'm, as I'm looking at him, I'm like, it looks like there's popcorn all over the seat. And I'm thinking to myself, like, I know I cleaned the car before we went out of town. Like this is, I, it's a moving trash can with six kids. You never know what you're going to find in there. Um, but I was like, why is there popcorn? So I start backing out and then I look back again and I'm like, oh, that is not popcorn. I was like, Noah, get out of the car. And he's like, what? I'm like, get out of the car. And so I, um, obviously I, I get out of the car and I look in the back seat and there was pieces of foam everywhere from inside the seats. And rat poop everywhere. So a rat had gotten in <laughs> through the engine of our car and basically chewed on, I'm sure he had a feast, who knows what kind of crumbs and crackers were in every nook and cranny, but basically chewed on every seat in the van. And I had the insurance company, uh, I had to I didn't drive it over there. They asked me to drive it. I was like, I am not getting back in there. <laughs> and so they towed the car and they actually, um, it was too expensive to, uh, to fix it. So they actually had to total the car because a rat ate our seats. <laughs> so one of those moments where you're like, okay, yes, this is my life. This is, you know, things like this happen around here. Um, but that was just kind of one of our, our ridiculous stories and important to tell because yes, I was driving a moving trash can. It wasn't that bad, but you know, again, with six kids, you never know what's hiding in there. The rat must've had a really fun time. Big party. <laughs> Wow, that's a really crazy story. I love that one. I definitely, uh, yeah, I'm, it's it's very interesting how certain scenarios just pop up. And I'm sure that you've, like you say in your fantastic book, had so many different um, situations. So it's, um, it's yeah, really awesome. Well, thank you for sharing the story. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so what I'd love to know as well is um, you have a multicultural family. So how do you discuss what's happening in the world? We have always been uh, very open and honest. And we, again, one of the benefits of this pause that we've had is having all the kids home, especially during this time period where there's, there was so much going on in the world. There is so much going on in the world. Having you know, open conversations and letting them kind of express how they're feeling, you know, what they want to do, what they don't want to do, what they want to talk about. Um, and really, you know, it, that's such an important piece for us is that for them to, you know, we're, we're a family that is black, white, Asian, and Jewish. Like we, we cover a lot of pieces there and having them feel comfortable in their their skin, having them feel comfortable with who they are and respect themselves and others for who they are has been so important to us and really part of every conversation that we have because, you know, the world is a very diverse place and accepting that diversity is, is so important to us and respecting people, you know, seeing color, saying, yes, we see you exactly how you are and for who you are and you know, making sure that 
that, that's the biggest thing is making sure that they walk out of the door feeling proud of who they are and not wanting to change something. I guess it goes back to the, you know, looking at yourself and really believing in yourself. That's brilliant. And I like this. It's great that you've got such a, uh, a diverse family. It's, it's wonderful that you've, um, yeah, it's, I think it's so important nowadays that everyone's, um, you know, embraces and it, it's nice to how you brought everyone up in such a respectful way. So that's wonderful. Um, so just as we, as we finish off now, so how, um, can you share with us some parenting tips and how you've dealt with publishing a book and being a successful keynote speaker? Uh, alongside a great mom because I've been listening to you today and you've done so many great things and it's been very busy clearly for you so and I know a lot of our listeners are moms so how have you approached that how do you get through it yeah I you know I said I don't sweat the small stuff I mean I know that's a basic statement but around our house we, we we joke about like if the you know one of the kids will say I I cut my foot and I'm like okay, uh, get a Band-Aid. <laughs> um, we, had an, we had an episode actually where um, our youngest son, he, I was getting dressed to take them to school and all of a sudden I, I hear him uh, scream, mom, I'm bleeding really bad. And I'm like, so it's not Band-Aid bad? He's like, oh no, it's really bad. And I he had hit his toe on the, the, a wood part of the couch and he must have hit it like right at, the, the artery right there. And it was like a bloodbath. There was like, I was like, okay, you are bleeding really bad. <laughs> that one, you can definitely call out on that one. You know, I think that we, we go through our days. Um, you, you know, we've got to evaluate like, okay, what needs to be done immediately? What doesn't? And not making a big deal about some of the things. I think when, when we had one child, I, I joke about when we had one child, everything had to be perfect. Not that there is anything that's perfection in this world, but, you know, we, we had our way like, okay, this had to be this. Everything had to be sterilized. You know, the clothes had to be this. He had to be able to do multiplication in kindergarten. <laughs> and then as we, you know, moved forward, we're like, okay, that's not such a big deal. Let's not, let's not worry about that. And in the end, I mean, honestly, the ultimate goal is raising good humans, right? People that care about each other, people that care about the world, that they respect other people. So, you know, the things that we really focus on now are, you know, really making them feel proud of who they are. And yes, like there were days that are completely chaos, chaotic. And, but I, I still like, I would set time out for myself because I think, as a parent, we need to remember that the self-care piece is really important because for me, at least, it makes me better. It makes me interact better with my kids when I make sure I take care of myself in some way. And writing the book was a self-care piece. It was really important for me when I set that goal to really accomplish that goal. I could have just written and let it sit there and go back again, and but I made sure that I really focused on uh, getting it, getting it completed. And I set myself deadlines. That's the other thing I do. I'm my calendar is like, this is what you're doing. And, you know, and I follow it because otherwise I wouldn't accomplish anything. Um, but that was the thing with the book. I said, okay, this is, this is the goal. This is the date. And at this date, wherever it is, you're done. And, and that's, that's what I did. And that's what I do with so many things that I say, because otherwise I, I wouldn't finish anything because there's so many, so many choices of things to do every day. 
Definitely really great tip there. I love the deadlines as well. Cause like you say, things can come up within no time, you know, all of a sudden it's there and you don't realize where time's gone. So um, that's really interesting. Um, as, as we finish, one more thing I'd like to ask is that CycleEd is um, an educational app. So we've developed this app for um, teens and children to help them study at home. So we've got immersive videos, we've got great practice test quizzes, and we're providing something that's really engaging for them because we know that it's quite challenging, one, to keep everyone's attention, and two, to learn at home um, in a way that's really, really interesting. So um, I'd love to know what your thoughts are about this, and you know, is there any tools that you use when your children children or younger um, that you think are great methods that you can, you know, promote to parents? <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I, th I think it's fantastic because obviously everything now is about the computer. It's about the iPad. It's about the apps that we have and having them have apps that are interactive, that are educational, um, and not just that they've used plenty of things over the years. And sometimes I feel that, or they feel that they're not interesting enough. They, they really want something that, you know, is, is fun to interact with instead of just watching a screen or watching a lecture, which some of, some of the things that they've had to do in the past are, um, and, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to them being able to use this because especially, you know, our son Noah, who could use like the, you know, ex he loves to be on the computer, but he's not allowed to use it very much because it, it takes control of his whole life. So to have the educational pieces for them um, to do in a fun way, I think is fantastic. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much. It's been amazing speaking to you and you're definitely a super mother. So it's good to uh, <laughs> get to good to get some tips and, um, you know, hear about your fantastic family. So how can everyone connect with you as well if anyone wants to reach out? Yeah, uh, you can find me if you search my name, Simone Canego, last name is K-N-E-G-O. You can you can find me. I uh, You can check out my website, simonecanego.com. I'm actually the only Simone Canego in the world, or at least on the, you know, on social. That's I'm the only one I can find. Um, so if you search me, you will find me. I'm on uh, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And I'd love to hear from you. If you read my book, if you want to talk anything parenting, um, I would love to have a conversation. Wonderful. Thank you so much, for Simone, for your time. It's been brilliant. Thank you so much for having me here today. Thank you for listening to the Future of Education podcast by CycleEd. Please join us weekly for new episodes. Don't forget to follow us on social media at CycleEd and visit CycleEd.com to register for the app. Have a wonderful rest of the week.